Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast with Daniel Murphy of the Colorado Rockies is brought to you by Compassion International. For $38 a month, this is your chance to release a child from poverty. It's that simple. Compassion International, the most trusted child development ministry in the world, provides an opportunity for you and for me to make a difference in a child's life through food, education, medical care, and vocational training. And it's all done in Jesus' name. They do a great job allowing you, allowing me to find that child, identify with that child, sponsor that child, and then have a relationship with that child. It's really neat with the child that we sponsor in our family. We get to write letters and stay in contact with this 13-year-old boy from Haiti and just tell him about what life is like here in Connecticut for us. And then he shares a letter and what life is like in Haiti with him and his family. It's really wonderful. And this is a chance for you to do the same thing that we've done, making room at your dinner table by sponsoring a child through Compassion International. Here's the website, Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Today's guest on the podcast, Daniel Murphy of the Colorado Rockies joins us here on the program today. Daniel signed a two-year contract with the Colorado Rockies on December 21st, 2018. And 2018 was an interesting year for Daniel. He started out his year on the DL, recovering from microfracture knee surgery, and then came back and played his season with the Washington Nationals, only to be traded a few weeks later to the Chicago Cubs, where he finished out his 2018 season, playing in the postseason, and then becoming a free agent, and then, of course, signing with the Rockies on December 21st of 2018. Daniel began his Major League Baseball career with the New York Mets, He made his Major League debut in 2008 after being drafted two years earlier in the 13th round of the 2006 draft by the Mets. He's a three-time MLB All-Star, one year with the Mets in 14, and then in 2016 and 17 with the Nationals. And he was the 2015 NLCS MVP. That's where he really put his stamp and and made sort of his national spotlight debut, if you will, by going on a tear that many have never seen not only in baseball, but in any kind of sport, where he homered in six straight postseason games, catapulting the Mets to their first World Series in many, many years in winning the National League, beating the Cubs in four straight before losing to the Kansas City Royals that year in five games. Daniel, also a two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. And his faith testimony is really awesome. You're going to like hearing his story of how he came to faith in Christ at a much older age. He didn't grow up uh, in the faith, if you will, and he really didn't make Jesus Lord of his life until he was in his mid-20s. So it's a good story. Lots to talk about with Daniel Murphy here. Let's get to it. Daniel Murphy from the Colorado Rockies joins us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Take a listen. Daniel, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me, Jason. Looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, good to talk to you. Let's go to 2018 for a minute. What an interesting year it was for you. Start out recovering from the microfracture knee surgery. You return June 12th with Washington. Then you're traded to Chicago. And then your year end signing with Colorado. What was this year like for you 
with all of that going on, rehabbing, coming back, playing, getting traded, and then signing that new deal with the Rockies. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think um, I think baseball players are a bit more nomadic than people would think. Uh, we move about three times a year, but uh, uh, we were we were we were all over the place this year. Um, started in spring training. Um, and then I went to DC with the team and then I went back to West Palm Beach to rehab, which is our spring training pond complex. Um, and then sometimes I would go on the road with the team. And then other times, um, you know, when I started my rehab, I think I, I was in Harrisburg, yeah. um, Pennsylvania. I was in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, but you know, fortunately I was able to, to get healthy enough to play kind of in the middle of the summer. Um, and then from there, um, you know, struggled a bit early, but we were able to at least kind of be together as a family. You know, you, you take for granted how much you, you kind of drag your kids all over the place. We have three of them. My son is four. Uh, second daughter is just turned three, and our youngest is one. Um, and they're they're troopers, and they're resilient. And uh, I think that at the end of the year when we got traded to Chicago, it, it truly was a sweet time because Chicago plays so many day games yeah. that I almost turned into like a dad who had a nine-to-five job. So I would I would go into the ballpark at you know nine o'clock in the morning, play a one o'clock game, and I'd be home by you know four or five, you know, be home by five o'clock. We got to go to the park. Um, we got to do a lot of things that I probably that I didn't get to do because we played so many night games in in Washington. That uh, my wife and I look back on that six or seven weeks there um, in Chicago, and it was a really a really sweet time for our family. Um, you know, especially I thought it was a sweet time for our children. Um, after I dragged them all over the country basically for about four months. And then you get to be a free agent. And I remember we, we caught up at a conference in Florida at the end of November, early December. And at that time, you didn't know where you were going to sign. And I know, uh, you know, we all, both of us, and we'll talk about your faith in a minute, trust that God has a plan, obviously. But what was that like being a free agent? I know you were a free agent after you finished up your time with the Mets. And many people thought, well, yeah, he's going to sign with someone because he was just the NLCS MVP, et cetera, et cetera. But this time, maybe a little different coming off of the injury, coming off of being traded. What was that like being a free agent and not knowing where you're going to end up? I think, uh, and my, it's funny you mentioned my wife and I, we talked about it leading into this kind of this free agency, this this unknown a bit, uh, uncertainty of the future. And like you said, you know, you know, we, we, we trust that, that Jesus has us. We just may not live out that trust the greatest. Sure. Um, at least I know that I don't um, at times. But I think the experience from the first time going through this in the 2015-2016 offseason really helped prepare us um, for this year's free agency. Um, it, it moved slow that first time we went through it. And so my wife and I were were prepared that, you know, after we spoke with our agent who we who we trust dearly, um, that we identified some teams that we thought would be really good fits for us, Colorado being on that early list of like teams that we thought would be a fantastic fit for us. Hmm. Um, but also with the understanding that this may not get done until January, um, because we had just had our daughter the last time we went through free agency. So my wife was a little bit predisposed. Um <laughs> with an infant, like a full on just baby, um, and trying to, you know, keep her going while I was like sweating bullets trying to find work. Yeah. Um, because I didn't sign until and didn't get a whole lot of action the last time through. But I think that prepared us a lot for this to to just kind of, you know, enjoy the off season, enjoy the time with the family and know that um in the grand scheme of things, Jesus has us and the industry for the most part, is going to decide um, how much they value you. 
And, you know, we felt like we would find a good place to go. We did in Colorado, and, you know, God proved faithful again for us. But this time, I think, was much less stressful. And I think, I don't know if it's because we have more kids yeah. that we have to take care of than we did last time. <laughs> sure. Um, but it's, it was a different season in our life, and I was much less stressful um, this time around, even though I'm probably older and not considered as good this time around. <laughs> well, I remember you said to me, too, when we were talking that it's, the game of baseball is a different type of game now. The 33-year-old, you know, hitting infielder, it's a different type of value, I guess, than it would have been even five, six years ago, right? Yeah, without a doubt. And I think what the ind- I think the industry itself, baseball as a whole, is getting, is getting really efficient um, at being able to provide – the most value for the the dollar spent. And that's where um, our agent, Seth Levinson at Aces, I think is is really unbelievable because he gave us a range of what he felt was was good, fair, and reasonable. And we had like a real basically heart-to-heart, you know, eye-to-eye conversation. And I was like, we both agreed that if we get something in this range that we're not going to sit around and wait for quote-unquote you know, more dollars or more years. I thought we had a very realistic idea of what our value was. Um, and we had a couple places that we, we really identified as good places to go with Colorado being one of them. And, and we're just fortunate that that matched up, that they, you know, valued us as much as we valued them. Absolutely. Daniel Murphy is our guest here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Your faith testimony is one that fascinates me. And I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners and share with them how you came to know the Lord and came to Christ. Oh, it's uh, the old story of Jesus giving you everything in this world you thought you ever wanted. And then once you get your hands on it, you realize there's no life in this. I thought this would be much more. I'd say that's probably at the bare minimum um, and the foundation of, you know, my faith story. And I'd say my, true surrendering to Jesus as Lord of my life, um, as opposed to maybe knowing it as a head knowledge, um, but not having, you know, really acting it out. Um, in 2011, I probably had, up until that point had had the best season of my entire career, um, established myself as a major league player, which is something that I had probably identified early on in my life as something that was really important to me, something that would give me life, something that would give me validation, that would, you know, fill a void in my life. And, you know, I ended up getting hurt, um, but I had established myself, like, I'm a major league player, I belong here. And, you know, got to that kind of off-season, even in the off-season started early, and, um, you know, just had some real personal things happen in my life that off-season that just really slapped me in the face and just revealed to me that no matter how much notoriety or how much money or or how much recognition that you think you have, it's not going to give you the life that I can give you. Um, and I being Jesus. And so, you know, I, I surrendered my life to Jesus in the, I think it was somewhere like October, I think of 2011. Um, my wife now who actually at the time we were, we were not together. Um, that was my doing. I like just the easiest way to describe that would be a. I created a car crash, okay. basically, with the woman I had been dating for a couple years. Um, she surrendered her life to Jesus about two months after I did. Wow. We were engaged to be married a month after that, and a year later we were married. And that was, hold on, let me get this right. Twelve one twelve. We were married, and so <laughs> like just this, like Jesus just basically 
just painted this picture that I never could have painted. If I, if I sitting in that moment <clears throat> of this kind of massive train wreck that I had created, even though the greatest thing in my life had happened in surrendering to Jesus, like if I could have said, okay, this is what I want it to look like, you know, a year from now, I never could have orchestrated it the way Jesus did. And then now looking at it, but that was six years ago now, I mean, he's, he's proved his faithfulness in the midst of my faithlessness, um, mm. over and over again. And, you know, that would be, um, kind of the, um, the rough draft of my, uh, surrender to Jesus as a uh, Lord of my life. As followers of Christ, Daniel, we know this now, we're told that our faith is always going to be tested and we'll have trouble in this world. Have you seen that in your life since following the Lord? And I know we had that, that incident that happened um, when you were with the Mets and just kind of speaking out about your faith. And I just wonder about testing, the testing of your faith and kind of remaining solid in Jesus during this newfound walk with the Lord when you fully put your faith and trust in him. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And I think that and what I found in my life is that Jesus is he, he, he always presses in the areas of my life where he knows he's going to get my attention. Hmm. And so and this is always an interesting conversation I've, I've had with my wife, um, because I basically conditioned myself since the time I was, you know, 12 or 13 years old, that that baseball was life. And yeah. if baseball was going good, then I was doing something right. And I had, you know, and I had value. And that's just a conversation that my wife and I have had to talk because that has now definitely molded, you know, as far as um, an idol of baseball into, you know, my marriage and being a father. But as a provider, I think that that idol of baseball, is it's massive in my life. And that's where Jesus presses. That's where he turns the heat up in my life. I think to, to draw me closer, even though I wish I would do it um, without him having to turn the oven on so hot because that would be a lot less painful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, to your point, those are the areas um, that, that he presses. And, you know, even looking back at um, what happened in New York in 2015, I look at the words that Jesus gave me to speak, because those were not my words. And I look back at him and I, and I go over him and I look at him because my intent what, what was never whatsoever to injure or to harm with my words. Um, and then I go and I look and I know that there are some people who do feel that, that they were sincerely harmed by them, but that was never my intent. But I look at my words and I just think like, those are Jesus's words because I, I'm they're They're just, I don't want to say they're perfect because they're not, but they're just, they were truth. And I felt like they were grace. And anytime that comes out of my mouth, that's not me. Like that's Jesus. And so, you know, I thank him for his faithfulness in that because I've, I've probably, you know, read my quotes on that, you know, hundreds of times. And each time I think, you know, I, I, I think this is, I think this is grace and truth and love, um, in this speech right here. And so that immediately makes me think, okay, Jesus was speaking so perfect. I wonder too, Daniel, because God offers these, you know, athletes and we've been, or both been around athletes for a very long time, many different opportunities to use their platform to point others back to him. And then 2015 happens on the field and your, and your platform is elevated in a way that many hadn't seen before in the postseason with the Mets. And I'm sure people remember, but you homered in six straight games and won the NLCS MVP and the Mets got to the World Series. When you look back now, what did you learn about, I guess, that word platform and your faith as regards to getting more publicity and notoriety and suddenly you're, I mean, you played in New York, so it's hard mm -hmm. not to have that publicity and notoriety anyways, but then when you do it on that stage. Right. I think I, I, I probably what I learned was, 
like the two levels of the platform, not platform, but like almost there's two layers of it to me. Um, I think the way I try to live out my faith on a grander scale, um, is with, is with humility. Um, like none of all of these things I've been, I've been given, um, by Jesus to give him glory. And so anytime I speak, I try to keep that in mind on a grander scale of speaking. I wouldn't say to the masses, but just on that, I would say that, what's that word? I'm that overhead kind of platform that, that either, you know, local platform, state platform, national platform that, um, you know, this is not about me. And I try to really be very cognizant of the fact that I'm just one piece um, in a puzzle that is helping us get to a common goal. And anything that may positive happen, there has been a number of more positive things that happen on the way to getting to whatever it is I may have done that day. And that would be my teammates. Um, and then what I really learned as well, too, is that I tried to do a deeper dive into investing in my teammates because those are the guys that I'm doing life life with on an everyday basis. Like we get down to camp this year, position players, February 17th. The hope is that we won't, we won't not see each other again until basically what Halloween. Yeah. I mean, you're staring down the barrel of what eight months, basically it's a six month season and another six weeks of spring training. Like it's, it's eight months that you're with these guys every day, coaches, players, staff. And like, those are the guys that are really going to see you, um, at your best and at your worst. And to me, that that's my mission field. And that's the way I try to view it because those are the guys I'm going to have the biggest impact and are going to have the biggest impact on me because I'm, we're doing life with them on a daily basis. Tori, the same way, uh, my wife with the wives as well too, like those girls that she's with are the ones she's going to do, um, have the, I think the most intimate impact on, and it's not to say that we don't take advantage of the platform that Jesus has given us on a grander scale. Um, but I try to, to temper, not temper that, but weigh that and measure that with, um, you know, what is it doing to the guys that I'm dealing with on a daily basis and trying to invest in. How did that change for you after you became a believer? Like, let's say going into that 2012 season with the Mets and that idea of doing life, because you obviously teammates and the bond and the camaraderie that you have is always going to be there. But now you saw it from a different perspective as a follower, as as a believer. What did that do to you as you, and how you changed the way that you went about being intentional and mm-hmm. being a good teammate, but also being a person that spiritually helped be a leader in that clubhouse? Yeah, I think one of the one of the things you said was was I was I tried to be more intentional, and I think more intentional about getting beyond the superficial conversation. Yeah. Um, not that I like wanted to do you know a massive deep dive into Matthew and like let's <laughs> let's yeah. get let's get you know let's get deep into John right here and and see what's going on, but more or less like let's get past the hey how you're doing how's you know this kind of superficial and see if I can. If I can prove to you that I don't have ulterior motives and I have your best interests in mind and I don't really want anything from you except to get to know you, I want to get a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, and I found in my life that the guys, when we come to chapel, they're much more willing to give you a peek behind the curtain because those of us who have tasted the grace of Jesus understand just how jacked up we are, that I'm not... 
I'm not clean because I washed myself. I'm clean because Jesus washed me. And so like, we'll get into chapel and I'll be like, boys, you don't know what's going on in my life. And I just throw up all over everybody. I was like, <laughs> and then the coolest part is though, is when you get together with brothers like that, is they'll look at you and be like, yeah, uh, going through the same thing or some variation of it. Um, and so that's the cool part. So what I tried to do with guys on the team, whether they were Christ followers or, 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 or not, is just like, can I, can I prove to them that I don't have ulterior motives, that I want to invest in them as a human being and get beyond the superficial? Let's get into some real talk. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that takes time though. It takes time. It's not just, we're not going to show up spring training. Somebody's going to come up to me and like start spilling their guts to me. And so that, that takes time and awareness and really, one of the biggest awarenesses of me was, you know, just kind of how, how I was acting and how I was treating people. Um, and was it, was I acting and treating people as a consumer or was I, I doing it in a way to pour into people? And that was like, cause like I'm, I'm naturally, I, I'm a consumer like that just, um, that's just naturally the way, the way I am. And our industry is a player lends itself to that we consume people give us everything they cater to us and then now i basically want to go from like somebody picking up my cleats 10 seconds after i take them off and go and cleaning them and bringing them back to me to like oh i want to invest in this person oh it's time to go be a husband i can't just go home and 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 do that so it's that it's that interesting balance of being aware that people serve you but they're not your servants and that i need to to be to have a willingness and understanding um, to serve myself, not no to serve others myself, not serve myself. One of the interesting things I think that you have that others don't is you don't go on social media. You know, I, we talked about this in, in November when we saw each other too. I just think it's interesting. You're one of the few players that aren't on social media. Why? Why is that? And why? Why not have an opportunity to use your platform? Uh, as far as being able to share Jesus through a social media page. My wife says I'm not responsible enough for Twitter. <laughs> that's a good reason. <laughs> no, it's, 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 um, that's the funny one. I give one. That's probably the superficial one. I give one. Um, yeah. but we, we've talked about it, um, quite a bit at, and weighed the positives, um, and, and, and some of the, the pros and the cons of it. And at this point, um, you know, we've kind of decided just at this point, it doesn't mean it won't change that yeah. um, it, it's not something that we want to do. I think my wife does have a Twitter account. I don't think that she really is engaged in it. She does Instagram herself. Yeah. Um, I know one of the first things I did when I got to the big leagues was I think I, I deleted like my Facebook account. Hmm. And there is a level of freedom I have. When I hear other people talk about like how much time they spend on Facebook and stuff like that, I'm like, well, I like chopped that arm off the day I got called up to the big league. So I haven't, I haven't really had that as, um, as something to take up my time. Yeah. And you know, I, there, there is a sense of it too, as well, that with some of the probably things outside, not outside of baseball, but I would, I don't don't necessarily say attacks, but the things that have the light that's been shining on my family, I think, um, with some of the, the choices that I've made, I think like in 2015, that I wasn't super, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I wasn't in a rush to give people that I don't know well a peek behind the curtain of our lives. And gotcha. I know that 
I know that you can definitely take measures with Twitter and, and social media to kind of protect yourselves. I just, I kind of feel like myself and our family, I think I don't know if any baseball player feels this way, but we get, we have a tendency to feel like we get pulled in a lot of different directions, especially during the season. Sure. I'm not sure if you've noticed it, but we're very difficult to get a hold of um, <laughs> in the off season and even during the season, because, you know, in the off season, nobody can kind of, you know, kind of get to us at all. And so we, we come home, we try to invest in our families and just, and just, and just pour into them. And then all of a sudden here in six weeks, like off we go again. And it's just that little bit of stretching you get from individuals. And it's nothing that's malicious in nature. It's just, you know, things like, what is it? Like somebody, you know, a friend will come in town and it's like, Hey, you know, I'd love to get together and get dinner for you. And my wife will look at me and she'd be like, yeah, uh, me too. I'd love to go out to eat with him too. And so you kind of just this little stretching. And so, um, I decided at this point that I didn't want to give people more access, um, via social media. Makes sense. Daniel Murphy's been our guest here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Last question, Daniel, and I do appreciate your time and, and uh, coming on the podcast. I always ask this to all of our guests. So I'm curious, I'm curious with you in the season you're, of life that you're in and everything that God has done through you and now being with Colorado and getting ready to, to go start your year with the Rockies, what are you learning from the Lord right now during this time of life? What has God been teaching you? Mm. Um, wow. <laughs> Wish you would have asked me that before, so Sorry. I could have thought about it. He's just on the shoot like we haven't spoken to each other in the last week or so. <laughs> wow. Um, I would say as I look, and my wife and I talk about it, um, we are closer to the end of our careers than we are the beginning as far as baseball goes in this industry, as far as our, our playing career. I don't think I'm – I'm not I'm not breaking any news to say that a 33-year-old is closer to the end of his career than he is the beginning. Right. I think one of the things that we have tried to do is kind of live in the moment a little bit more, um, which would probably be a lot easier if I would take this phone and chuck in the pool every night when I come home. <laughs> but I think living in the moment, and we've really done a, really been able to reflect on some of the relationships that we built. So, like, I, I had a chance. I talked to David Wright, you know, you know, every couple of weeks or so, and I think his, it looks like his career is over. But I, yeah. I think back to that relationship um, that I was able to build with him because of the humility that Jesus, you know, gave me and, and just the intentionality of reaching and trying to, and to reach out to David. And yeah. so I think it's been more moving forward from a baseball perspective, like, what kind of relationships can we build? What kind of people can we pour into? What can we do to help maybe a younger player, a younger couple, a younger family who's just had a child that's trying to navigate this industry? Not that we have all the answers. We've got more mistakes than we do answers. That's why we've got some of them um, to try to help someone navigate it. So that's one thing that I think has been revealed that my, as my wife and I have talked um, moving forward, as you look up and you think, you know, I'll be, I'll be 34 this year. Um, and it's like, huh, you know, I don't know how much longer we're going to do this. We should enjoy it while we're doing it. And who are we impacting while we're doing it with the time that we have left? Daniel Murphy has been our guest here on the sports spectrum podcast. Daniel really appreciate you coming on and, uh, I know you'll be busy, but hopefully we can stay in touch a little bit during the season and certainly wish you nothing but the best uh, for a great 2019. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
And many thanks to Daniel Murphy of the Colorado Rockies for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. You can reach us on social media. Ironically, Daniel's not on social media, but we are. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at sports underscore spectrum and reach us there. Give us any ideas you have for guests and send us any thoughts you have on this episode. Maybe share this episode on your social media pages. You can also reach me directly via email, jason at sportspectrum.com, jason at sportspectrum.com. And of course, follow us over on our YouTube channel where all of our podcasts are found, including videos and first-person athlete stories over at YouTube, or you can go and find it all over at sportspectrum.com. That's our website, sportsspectrum.com, the intersection of sports and faith as we live by John 3.30. He must increase, we must decrease, the increase in Christ. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time right here on Sports Spectrum. Have a great rest of your day.